you're traveling through another dimension. A dimension of not only a film and sound, but mind. A journey into an auditory movie review adventure that must be experienced to be believed. There's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Doomsday Clock. Week 86, 2 hours 45 minutes to doomsday. Okay, Babs, after the last couple of weeks of snow and stuff like that, it'd be really nice to have a bit of a holiday. Relax, you know, go to the beach, have some fun. Can you find me a movie about you know, having fun at the beach or a party or something like that? My archives contain millions of entries of the words beach and party cross-referenced with the word fun. I will find something that suits your, um... Taste. Sounds good. Ghost in the Invisible Bikini, 1966. Hiram Stokely is a recently deceased corpse who learns that he has 24 hours to mastermind and perform one good deed in order to get into heaven. So he enlists the help of his long-deceased girlfriend, a ghost, to stop his greedy lawyer and his henchmen from claiming his estate for themselves and protecting his eligible heirs. the swinginest ghost you've ever yearned for, haunting a pre-will-reading seance. I thought I made it clear to you and your wretched crew that you would be disposed of everybody before I read the will. What you have to do is to see that my rightful heirs get the money. Here's one haunted house the M-Gang wants to investigate. What are all these strange people doing here? Make the music pretty, play a happy song. Make the music pretty or I can't go on. Everybody's singing about a broken heart. Don't you know, can't you see it's tearing me apart now? Make the music pretty and I'll tell you why. Make the music pretty or you'll make me cry. Let me hear you play a happy Just take a look into my eyes. Looking for maybe sex and the single ghoul? a 
movie that has more than everything. Why me? Why me all the time? This is, of course, 1966's The Ghost in the Invisible Bikini. With a runtime of 1 hour and 22 minutes, it was directed by Mark L. Lester, best known for directing a lot of TV, including 21 episodes of Fantasy Island, 17 episodes of Remington Steel, and no less than 7 episodes of The Love Boat. This movie stars pretty much anyone that was ever in a movie that had the words beach party or bikini in it during the 60s, as well as Basil Rathbone and Boris Karloff, plus the woman responsible for me buying the 1995 May issue of Playboy, Nancy Sinatra. I wasn't playing with myself in the bathtub. I was just cleaning it and it went off. First impressions count. This movie is brought to you by American International and oh, how I've missed you, American International. The hallmark of, let's say, great movies? Why not? And it's got an interesting start to it because my first thought was, why is this beach party movie starting in a graveyard? And then, of course, it all becomes quite clear as we find out that Boris Karloff is, in fact, dead. Not a really great start for him. But what we did find out is that more movies need sexy, sexy blonde ghosts in them. Corpse is yours. Do what you want to do. This has to be, like, the best seance ever. We've got Hiram, who is, of course, Boris Karloff, talking to his dead, sexy ex-girlfriend ghost, who is down from heaven to help him with a little problem. All he has to do in order to get to heaven is to do one good deed in 24 hours. Of course, he can't actually leave the crypt, so therefore his sexy, sexy girlfriend has to help him out. And that means helping the young kids defeat the evil lawyers much like the plan from any episode of scooby-doo people fear what they don't understand having said that i'm not really sure that hiram knows how ghosts work because he's quite surprised when she disappears through the wall and can reappear back wherever she likes nonetheless uh before we know it a double decker bus full of beach bum kids turn up ready to have a party and sing and we're 13 minutes and 30 seconds in and we get a musical number from nancy sinatra it's geronimo and don't the kids love it
tell me what you learned and keep it nice. I think the key thing that I learned from this movie is, of course, that we need more movies with 60s women in bikinis dancing. You're all alike. The titular ghost in the invisible bikini seems to be there just to appear and push things around. Having said that, on the negative side, this has to be one of the most racist depictions of a Native American I have ever seen on film. Pretty sure the actor was possibly Jewish. Who can tell? Out of nowhere, we get a gang of motorcycle, well, apparently thugs, who are driving their motorbikes through road signs, apparently for fun. We soon find out that this is, of course, the infamous Eric Von Zipper gang and his rats. In terms of learning things, we now learn that apparently it's time for another musical number, which includes advertising for something called a swingamathing. It looks like a weird sex toy. I'm not 100% sure. Our bodies are capable of adjusting in ways we've hardly dreamt of. One of the other things that was really good to learn was that Ripper's daughter is definitely acutely developed. This liquid that he's pumped into me, my brain burns with it. Before we know it, it's now time for the Italian exchange student to sing, dance, and shake her booty. I could get used to this. Something that apparently the 60s wanted to teach us was that the only way to get a man is to put on a lot of makeup and a nice bikini. Not that I'm arguing, just a little sexist. Doesn't it make you sick? And I think that the most important thing that I learned out of this entire movie is that four musical numbers in 40 minutes may be going too far. He should have cut out your tongue while he was at it. How would you like to try something a little different? The following is from Season 10, Episode 4 of Pick 6 Movies, talking about Days of Thunder, available exclusively on the Legion Podcast Network. Bo, do do you know very much about cars? No, no. I learned so much doing research for this. I learned (laughs) more about cars in that period than I've ever known. Do you know much about the racing vocabulary used by pit crews and drivers? No, nothing. Well, then, Bo, you're kind of screwed because I have a special quiz coming up for you right now, a bonus quiz in a little game that I like to call Them's is Racing Words or Maybe It's Sex Talk. (laughs) Oh, I love this already. I'm going to give you a phrase and you have to tell me whether or not this term is used by a pit crew when talking to a driver or if it is a sexual euphemism used to describe the pleasures of the flesh. Got it. You got it? Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a phrase. If it is a racing term, you'll say racing words. If it's something kind of naughty, you're going to say sex talk. Are you ready, bud? Yes, I'm ready. Impact play. Sex stuff. That's right. That's spanking. Mm -hmm. Downforce. Uh, NASCAR. That's accelerating on straight stretches. Watergate. NASCAR. That's a wet vagina. Pole position. (laughs) That's definitely NASCAR. Right. Pecking order of cars. Cleaning up the kitchen. That's NASCAR. No, that's licking an asshole before (laughs) penetration. Driving into the corner. NASCAR. Right. That's when the car isn't performing how they want it to. Uh, Etch-a-sketch. Sex stuff? 
playing with both nipples at the same time, or for the greatest generation, it was known as Tune in Tokyo. Right. Well, I didn't realize that had been updated, but go on. <laughs> Round of wedge. Oh, that's NASCAR. It is. A way of making adjustments utilizing the car's springs. Fusty lugs. Fusty lugs. That I mean, sex stuff? It is. That's an old term for a disgusting slut. Short pit. Oh, that's NASCAR. Right. When you have to pit before, you really need to. Mm -hmm. The loop-de-loop. <laughs> I feel like we've all had the old loop-de-loop -loop at one time uh, or another. Uh, sex stuff. Right. Uh, mutual oral sex, or it's more commonly known, the good old 69. Side drafting. Uh, NASCAR. That's right. When a car races alongside another car and dumps airflow, null the void. Oh, I mean, that's got to be sex stuff. That's butt stuff. It is. It's masturbating. Oh. Splitter. I mean, I feel like that's sex stuff. No, it's the part of the car in the front that the downward force is used for airflow in the car. The Western patio. Sex stuff? Flat ass. You're right. A spoiler. Um, A spoiler is NASCAR. It is. It's the metal blade in the back of the car that restricts airflow to the rear of the car, providing more traction. How about a hasbian? Uh, I'd like a spelling, please. H-A-S-B-I-A-N. Uh, it's sex stuff. It is. That's an ex-lesbian. How about a tapered spacer? <laughs> That's NASCAR. You're right. It's the metal piece that limits how much air gets to the engine cylinder. How about a flycatcher? Uh, that would be sex stuff. Correct. Vagina. How about a wave around? The sex stuff. Racing words. How about a reach around? Definitely sex stuff. How about a rusty Wallace? <laughs> that is a NASCAR name. How about a rusty trombone? That's sex stuff. How about a Dale Earnhardt? That's both. How about a, a Dale Earnhardt on? That's what I've got right now. How about a Richard Petty? Uh, that is a NASCAR. How about a Richard Heavy Petting? That's what got me thrown out of prom. And lastly, good old-fashioned anal sex? Uh, NASCAR. That's right. It is a racing term where two male NASCAR drivers have penetrating intercourse, primarily using butt stuff. Also how you end up with a cold trickle. So let's get back to our movie. Yes, where, please. Where Robert Duvall is now teaching Tom Cruise racing terms. I'm sure you've got questions. Ask me anything. <laughs> so many questions. So many questions. First off is how is Hiram sitting up in the middle of a coffin facing towards the edge without having his legs cut off? Yeah, well, you, you got to pay more for that. Guessing that Karloff was standing inside a pit? Don't know. Looks weird. Doesn't matter. Um, following on from that, who puts up posters in a crypt? It's not a teenager's bedroom. And again, maybe it is. I didn't actually think about that. Uh, now... If there's no electricity in this old mansion, because apparently everyone's using candles, where did the band get the electricity to plug in their instrument? Now, remember, kids, spiking drinks isn't cool. But on that, how does a spike drink burn through a spoon and a table, but not the glass? Hmm. Why are you considering that? Consider the phrase, why don't you give her the finger, boss? And then think about what kind of movie this is. Obviously, I've been doing sex wrong. Potentially not kid-friendly. Here's something for you to ponder on while you're at home. Is it animal cruelty to leave a man in a gorilla suit out in the rain? Now, as we mentioned earlier, Hiram's crypt has posters in it like a teenager's bedroom, but apparently his basement looks like a haunted house exhibit. What is going on with this dude? Not that I'm kink-shaming, but hey. And it's hard to escape with an erection. Now... There's a chase that goes on towards the end, and it's sped up, it's slow down, there's fighting, there's dancing, there's jumping, and Lily ends up, Lily being one of the titular teenagers who is a, I believe, an heir of Hiram or something like that, I'm not 100% sure, I didn't go into a lot of detail, she ends up on a lumbersaw. Why does someone have a lumbersaw in their, in their basement? Awesome, huh? Just a question. And the final question I have is, following on from that lumbersaw is, I 
wonder if Lily got sawdust in Ever JJ. Yeah, a lot of this stuff would make you go blind. Your time is almost up, so give me your final thoughts. Coming to the end of this movie, uh, look, I'm just going to say it, uh, I give up. I really don't understand any of this. It's a commercial, it's a dance video, it's, I don't know, something. Having said that, I want more uh, 60s women dancing in Bikini Things. What's done is done and what I've done is right. And what I did learn, and Wallace is into the final thoughts, nonetheless, I learned that apparently men in gorilla suits are ticklish. And that men in gorilla suits like redheads. But then again, who doesn't? Don't ask me about the guy in the gorilla suit. I don't understand it. I don't know why he's there. He's just there. Now, everyone loves a slapstick speed chase scene with budget monsters thrown in for effect. And when I say budget, I mean Frankenstein that looks like he came from Ultima or the dollar store. It's it's not. He's good. But he's definitely made of rubber. And yeah, anyway. Now, based on everything that's going on, I can only think that Hiram had some very interesting hobbies. And again, not king-shaming. More power to you, champ, I say. Well, think it's unbelievable if you have the nerve to experiment. The the fight scene at the end of this goes on way too long. Even though it's sped up and slowed down and there's slapstick and everything else, it just goes... It, I swear it's like 10 minutes. But, yeah, you know. Again, all girls in bikini. Not a bad thing. And after all of the running and dancing and jumping and throwing and hitting and laughing and crying and screaming, the... The treasure is finally revealed. I bet you thought I'd forgotten about the treasure, but there is. There's a million dollars in treasure hidden, and uh, by a stroke of luck, it is revealed, and it falls down to the earth. Now, there's a standoff with uh, Ripper, the lawyer, played by Basil Rathbone, and the kids, and he's about to shoot them with a blunderbuss, but fortunately, the ghost manages to block it, and the guns explode, turning Ripper into a cartoon angel. Which I didn't expect. I was expecting the black sooty face and the oh, but apparently not. Um, and of course now Hiram has completed his one good deed and heaven has promised to turn him into a young man again so he can be back with his ghost ex-girlfriend. And of course, heaven having a sense of humor, turn him into a preteen. And how else do you finish a movie like this? Well, of course, it's with another 60s dance party in the torture chamber. Rock on, kids! While that was uplifting, um, c- can we watch something that makes a little bit more sense next time? No guarantees. I suggest you learn to enjoy the taste of sand. You have been listening to Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock, a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Come join the rest of the Meat Popsicles in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock.